Yo, how do ducks eat acorns? Whoa, what? Hold on, Scott. <laughs> they, uh, you know. How how do ducks eat acorns, Sky? This feels like a joke. How do how do ducks eat eat acorns? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I am Sky, and with me tonight are my carnivorous palindromes. Whoa, um, I can't think of a carnivorous palindrome fast enough. I'm Kyle. I'm meaty tame. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I, I was like, you guys, you guys do stuff like that. I should try my hand at it. You should. It was, it was good. I I was just. I don't think I'm going to do it again. Oh, don't um, you don't do don't do that. <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't listened to us before, what we're gonna do is I have I have come up with two pages on Wikipedia, and these guys are gonna compete to get from one of them to the other by only clicking within links. What? No, not within links. I mean, I guess you're <laughs> clicking within the link. You're yeah, you're clicking like a letter in the link. You're clicking within the link within the page. Um, and tonight, you guys are going from. The tree that owns itself to quilt. Don't go to the tr- tree that owns itself yet, though, because I have a quiz. I don't even um, know what you're talking about. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like it, Individual tree is the is the subtitle for that page. Yep. Don't go to it yet. Okay. Uh, so, yes, this comes from friend of the show, Ben, who recommended that I use this page, and it's pretty, it's pretty great. Okay. Um, it's, it's, a tree, it's a tree that owns itself. Which, yeah, I, has can I, two different meanings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> both of them are actually kind of true. Um, um, go ahead. The, the Wikipedia wants me to know as well that there is a page that is also called "The Tree That Remembers." Oh <laughs> shit! We should have gone <laughs> to that I, one. <laughs> tree that owns yeah. itself to the tree that remembers. So what I've got to determine who goes first here. I've got a little quiz, and it's mostly stuff that you can't know. Like you probably can't know about this tree. But like forbidden, be, forbidden tree knowledge. Is yeah, it unknowable? It's the things that you that the tree doesn't remember. It's not that it's unknowable. <laughs> it's just like you. Pro- like I don't expect you to know these things, but you guys right. take your best guess, and whoever guesses okay. the best. I figure this is a this is a weird enough page that like we want to hit on these points, but this would be a good way to do it without like having to just go through the page. Yeah, let's do. Uh, all right. Question one. I've got five questions here. So whoever has the most points at the end will win. You guys will send your answers to me you know, individually. Sure. Good. Uh, there's, four, there's four answers to each question. Uh, or four possible answers. Uh, the tree that owns itself is A, A, white oak, B, black maple, C, juniper, or D, apple tree. All right. Tim says black maple. Kyle says apple tree. It's actually a white oak. Oh, yeah. So zero zero right now. Mm. The tree is located in A. Athens, Georgia. B. Nitro, West Virginia. What? C. Madison, Wisconsin. Or D. The town that owns itself, Nebraska. <laughs> uh, I had to choose just because. Yes. Tim says nitro. Kyle says nitro. You're both wrong. Uh, it's, what? Af- it's in Athens. Why, why could I not choose the 
the West Virginia town named after the best American gladiator. <laughs> Maybe he's from there. I don't know. Have to look oh into my it. gosh! Do you think it, you think so? Like that would be. What if that's why he calls himself that? Like, and everyone thinks that he thinks that nitros are just real cool. Yeah, he's like, no, actually, this is an homage to my hometown. I also like. I mean, I just like zoomed into West Virginia, and that was the town. So I was like, yep, here we go. <laughs> um, according to legend, James Jackson, a Revolutionary War soldier, U.S. congressman, and senator, granted the tree legal ownership of itself because a of a paperwork error. B, he had cherished childhood memories of the tree. C, the tree marked the exact center of Athens at the time. Or D, the tree saved his life during the war. Oh, no. Um, Paperwork mm. error, cherished memories, uh, center of town, or saved his life. These are all good. Yep. <laughs> Tim says saved his life. Kyle says saved his life. Uh, he had cherished memories of the tree from childhood. I very well, what if that cherished memory is saving his life? <laughs> it wasn't during the war. I'm going to be specific. But it is true. <laughs> he, might, he might have. I don't know. All right. I'm starting to see a flaw in I'm my gonna, plan. I'm just going to say cherished Question memories four. is lame. <laughs> Question four. Again, according to legend, the tree had legal ownership of itself and A, the lot, <laughs> the lot it is on, uh, B, oh. Any animals living within its branches. C, the land eight feet out from around its trunk. <laughs> or, or D, Jackson's failed and abandoned peanut factory. What? I mean, Sky, you have to acknowledge that both, you know Tim and I, you know us both well enough to know that we're, we can't not pick the one that's ridiculous. All right. I'm trying to do this seriously. <laughs> I I mean yes, me too. Yes, of course I am. What were those against, Sky? <laughs> uh, does it own itself and the lot that it's on? Any animals living within its branches? The land eight feet out from around its trunk, or Jackson's failed and abandoned peanut factory? All right, Tim. This is time for uh, this is time for a truce. Mm-hmm. I already have um, Tim's answer. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to make sure we choose different answers. I don't care what's right. Okay. Tim, <laughs> don't don't pick C. If you don't pick C, yeah. All right, good. I'm picking B. All right, the animals. So you're picking is the, that animals? the animals. Yes, yes. Tim picked eight feet from around his trunk. It is the eight feet from around. Yeah. His trunk. Okay. Owning, we did it. Owning the animals is slavery. <laughs> That's terrible. I mean, it's a tree. What <laughs> tree would it's be a, a slave owner? Oh my gosh! I don't know about this. The tree that. <laughs> <laughs> The final. <laughs> this quiz is killing you. You gotta stop it, Sky. It's the only last question. All right, final question, guys. The tree that owned itself sadly fell in 1942. What's oh, in its no. What's in its place? A. A sculpture of the tree with a plaque. Oh, B. A playground. C. A piggly wiggly. Or D. <laughs> a tree grown from one of its seeds, known as the son of the tree that owns itself. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh, Tim, we got to do this again. Which one are you picking? I'm I'm picking D. Okay, good. I'm taking the first one, the statue of the tree. The statue. Yeah. It is D, a tree good. grown from one of its seeds, known as the son of the tree that owns itself. <laughs> See, I, 
I I went for that because the Piggly Wiggly sounded ridiculous enough. Yeah, yeah. I knew. But it was then, about. but then there was the other one. I'm like, well, okay. He already, he already, <laughs> he already spent his ridiculous card. So this one's <laughs> got to be true. This one's the true one, huh? Yep. You you apples to apples this like yep. down to. <sighs> oh my goodness! All right, Tim, you get to go first. I got to get to the page. You're at tree that owns itself. Tree the son of the tree that owns itself. Quilt. <laughs> Individual tree. Uh, why did you choose quilt? Because <laughs> uh, that's where I got. And I was like, this is a, this is a good page. <laughs> no, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's the page that I got to. And the main picture was so amazing that I stopped. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, this is a big that, tree. That, Okay, hold on. So we're going to quilt? Just quilt. quilt. Yeah, just quilt. There is like okay. quilting, but you're trying to get to quilt. Got it. Okay. Oh my gosh. The son of the tree that owns itself has its own entry. So, yeah, as we noted, the tree that yeah. owns itself is a white oak tree. Wouldn't it be was? Ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, it's, it's like a legend at this point. According to legend. Always in our hearts, Legal ownership yes. of itself and all land within eight feet of its base. All the land. Also called the Jackson that... Oak. <laughs> mm. uh, located at the corner of South Finley and Deering Streets in Athens, Georgia. Cool. Um, the earliest known telling of the tree story. Oh, good. It has a story. Yeah. Comes from a front page article entitled Deeded to Itself in the Athens Weekly Banner of August 12, 1890. The article explains that the tree had been re- or located on the property of Colonel William Henry Jackson. Bill Jackson was the son of James Jackson soldier in the american revolution as well as a congressman u.s senator and governor of georgia and the father of another james jackson a congressman and chief justice of the supreme court of georgia wow he was a this is you're not telling us about the tree you're telling us about the dudes uh i want to know about the tree (laughs) these are very highly regarded people i guess in their in their time and place yeah. And the thing I'm knowing them for currently is that they allowed a tree to right. have a, a deed to itself. Like they're that's trying the they're of, trying to make this tree serious. Like That's the level of here's, competence. Here's the reason why we're all people. into this. Um, let's see here. Jackson supposedly cherished childhood memories of the tree desiring to protect <laughs> it, deeded to it the ownership of itself and its surroundings. You guys land. don't have any cherished childhood memories of trees? Not I mean, ones uh, that trees? I want to beat it to itself. Like, yeah, um, it's not like the tree had any. If the tree had its own decision, it would not have spent that time with him. I bet. I mean, so according to the newspaper article, the deed read, "I W H Jackson of the County of Clark of the one part and the oak tree of the County of Clark of the other part." witnesseth that the said w h jackson for and in consideration of the great affection which he bears said tree and his great <laughs> desire to see it protected has conveyed and by these presents do convey unto the said oak tree entire possession of itself and of all land within eight feet of it on all sides oh my gosh okay yep the story of the tree that owns itself is very widely known. There is no citation needed. Uh, which, and is almost always presented as fact. Yes. However, only one person, the anonymous author of Deeded to Itself, has ever claimed to have seen Jackson's deed to the tree. I was going to say, we can very easily fact check this. Mm-hmm. If there's a deed, yep. then it's true. If there isn't, then it's not. 
I mean, I can make a deed for the tree out back right now. <laughs> yeah. Under common law, the person receiving the property in question must have the legal capacity to receive it, and the property must be delivered to and accepted by the recipient. Oh my gosh. But I mean, if the property is you, don't you already own yourself? Like, uh, can't you receive I mean, yourself? You've already accepted. Not if you're tree. This mm. is the South, Tim. I mean... Uh, Recent deeds suggest that the tree's square footage remains part of the property at 125 Daring Street. These documents describe a parcel bounded on the east by Finley Street and on the north by Daring Street, an area that would seem to encompass the tree. <laughs> it so, would seem to. <laughs> however, the actual oh. plot, plat map from the property clearly does not include the tree's oddly shaped corner. <laughs> So, yeah, as far as taxes are concerned, the trees area is not a part of that property. It gets like, so serious. He... This does not confirm that the tree owns itself, but suggests, rather, that it is considered to be within the right-of-way along, Win- along Finley oh, Street. Oh, dang. Yeah. I, I mean, does it... Did he just, like, find it... Was there, like, a knot in the tree and he just, like, tucked the deed in there? Like, here... Or like to to sign it, did the tree like did they have to like take yeah. one of the leaves and just like stamp it and it was like right on there? I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, how are trees the trees I was gonna say, are the trees hands its leaves? That's ooh, oh that's that's a lot more disturbing than I thought than I initially thought it would be when Maybe I Maybe it's more I think it's more like hair, right? I mm. imagine. So like what what is the tree's hands? Branches? The bran- the br- but that's yeah, weirder. So like the hair lives on the branch on the hands. That's even weirder. Ugh. I don't. Mm. But you can put. Yeah, I mean, you could just like dip dip a branch in ink and then just. <laughs> what you do is you like bring an inkwell. You like mm-hmm. put put it on a branch, like okay, dunk it in there, and then you hold it. You hold the paper close to it, and then when a strong ble- breeze blows, you oh, move the branch, and you get that's its signature. All right, I'm into it. I can go with that. That's as, that's as, you know, sure as everything else about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. It says, uh, the original oak fell on the evening of October 9th, 1942, following a long period of decline. This poor condition had been known for years, and within days of its what? collapse, a move was underway to replace the fallen tree with a sun grown from one of its acorns. Why mm. didn't they just take care of the original tree? One account suggests that the tree <sighs> had actually died several years before its collapse, the victim of root rot. What? The tree was over 100 feet tall and was estimated to be between 150 and 400 years old when it fell. That's a this does not 250 well year old like margin yeah. of error. Y- yeah, this does not speak well of your neighborhood people that you're that you're not taking care of a of a neighbor who needs the help. It has been and re- is directly in your yard. It has been reported elsewhere that the tree fell on December 1st, 1942, succumbing to not to old age and disease but rather to a violent windstorm that ravaged much of North Georgia that evening. Why do they not, like, if they're, if this tree is so important to people, how do they it's, not confirm with how it died, how old it was, what yeah, caused its death? It's not This is very possible. suspect. Like, it's not that this didn't happen outside, like, this happened outside of recorded history. This happened in the last hundred years. It's not like... I think the tree oh, was witness oh. to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's possible. I think the tree it's... is living another life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, you it's, think it's... It in nitro West, yeah, Nitro, Wisconsin, <laughs> West Virginia. No, I think yeah. that it was put into a witness protection program. So I think, yeah. <laughs> um, 
while it is possible that some portion of the tree had remained standing for several weeks, meeting a dramatic end at the hands of a killer storm, only the earlier date is supported by newspaper accounts. It is not known why the tree was not dated by counting its rings. Yeah, guys, why didn't you just count? Why should you I mean, do that? We know that that works. That's that's a that's a fact. You can do that. Then you wouldn't have to guess between 150 and 400 years old. Yep. Yep. Oh man. The garden this... club. What? <laughs> the garden club. The junior ladies' garden club. Uh, okay. Apparently, had an acorn from the original tree. No, I guess they like grabbed a bunch of them sometimes, and like mm. one that was growing in the yard of Captain Jack Watson. Captain Jack. Wow. Uh, when it was five feet in height, they transplanted it, and that became son of the tree that owns itself. <laughs> it, does that imply that the sun did not, does not currently own itself? I don't think I so. I mean, or yeah. the sun by birthright originally did not own itself. I yeah, I think that mm, yes. <laughs> I I'm with you on this, uh, Tim. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably yeah. It seems to me that it's implying that the sun Im- itself itself they themselves mm-hmm. they self oh. tree self um, does not own itself. Although the the story of the tree that owns itself is more legend than history, the tree has become along with the university arch and the double barreled cannon. One of the most what? recognized and well-loved symbols of Athens. Hold on. I missed that. What? The double-barreled double cannon? Double-barreled. It's linked if you want to go in on it. Yeah. Oh, no. But I'm actually going to go in on something else. I am okay. going to Acorn. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, that that feels like something that would be on a quilt. Okay. Now, see, actually, because I was thinking a similar thing... Um, Folklore is is linked down here. All right. And I was thinking that folklore, like that is something that you would see quilts. I mean, like on a quilt or something like that. Yeah. But I think you are also correct. That's also not a a bad way to go. These are good picks, you dudes. Oh, thanks. I'm clicking folklore. All right. Acorn. Acorn or an oak nut? Yep, oak nut. Oak nut. (laughs) The acorn or oak nut is the nut of the oaks and their close relatives. It usually contains a single seed, occasionally two seeds, enclosed in a tough leather, leathery shell. Ooh, sounds alien. And born in a cup-shaped cupule. Oh. I mean, if you think about most plants, they basically are aliens, really. That's true. Uh, there is a nice drawing of an acorn in here. Uh, if you want to know the <laughs> okay. parts of an acorn, it's the cupule, the pericarp, the seed coat, the co- cotyledons, the plumule, oh. the, the radical, Woo. and the remains of style. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, there's also a picture here uh, of ponies eating acorns, and it says acorns can what? cause painful death in, in equines, especially if eaten mm-hmm. in accent. Eaten to access. What are you doing taking a picture of these ponies while they're eating poison? <laughs> Stop yeah. these ponies, you sicko. Damn it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Can you please share that, that picture? I want to see these. Oh, these my God. Doomed, these doomed ponies. Yes, and there's there's more of a description of this, this image. 
uh, says ponies eating acorns on Park Hill Lawn, New Forest. The dry weather okay. during the summer has produced a bumper crop of acorns, and now they are falling to the ground during the first windy days of autumn. Uh, the ponies are eagerly gobbling them up. Commoners have been asked to release many more pigs onto the open forest this autumn, a rite of common known as panage, so that the surplus of acorns can be consumed. If ponies gorge themselves on acorns, they can die as a result. The younger pony on the right looks shaggy because it has been standing out in the heavy showers of rain. Oh my gosh. Thanks. Mm. Did somebody I'm ask just... you? Like what why point <laughs> out that, that hey, you know that pony on the right? I know you I know it's driving you crazy why it looks shaggy. <laughs> it's it's out in the rain. I mean Why was that pony gotta... out in the rain and the other one wasn't? I don't know. Just oh actually maybe they were both out in the rain, but that's the only one that looks shaggy. Maybe. Like these are questions that yeah. That should be answered. <laughs> okay. The, I, I just feel bad about the... I feel I feel badly for these ponies. I mean, Yo, okay, how so, do ducks eat acorns? Whoa, what? Hold on, Scott. <laughs> they, uh, you know... How how do ducks eat acorns, Sky? This feels like a joke. How do how do ducks eat, eat acorns? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you looking this up? Maybe they swallow them whole? Can they do that? Maybe. I, I, I don't see why not. Why wouldn't they be able to eat? Oh my acorns? god, there's multiple videos on YouTube of ducks eating acorns. <laughs> what? No. You're kidding me. This person's me. throwing these ducks acorns. Let's see here. They are just why? going nuts. It's too low quality I mean, to actually see going, how they do going it. Going nuts, is, that's, that's good. That's good. All right, there's a guy with a handful of acorns. He shows the camera and he throws it. Oh, my gosh. And the ducks are just like on it. There's a bunch of little ducks here and like two of them like gross. Oh, geez. Oh, they like tackled each other to get to it. Why are they so excited about these acorns? I found another video that I'm not going to share with you. Okay. How many acorns can a wood duck eat? A hunter has killed a wood duck. And is oh, no. shooting acorns out. <laughs> it's oh, like, oh. yeah, okay, like Pe- shooting acorns terrible. out of its mouth. Yeah, let's not do good. That. Um, there are some chickens in there too, and they also like acorns. So it's not just ducks, I guess. Oh yeah, no jays, pigeons, some ducks, woodpeckers, mice, squirrels. Well, we, that makes more sense. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because. Oh my goodness! They got tannins. That's what. Oh, like that's what's poisonous. Oh, oh, really? So yeah. does that mean that ponies can't drink wine too? Maybe. I mean, they probably shouldn't. <laughs> they probably shouldn't, regardless. I guess, but you know, <laughs> acorns are attracted to animals because they are large and thus sufficiently consumed or cached. Wow, I guess that makes sense. I mean, turn them in for cash. Yeah, you just basically any good. animal. Basically, what they're saying there is that if you're a small animal, you're like, "Hey, that thing that fell off the tree is pretty large. I bet I can eat it." Yeah, in in Korea, it looks like I can eat a lot of that. In Korea, an edible jelly named doturumuk is made from acorns, and dotori guksu guksu. Are Korean noodles made from acorn flour or starch? In the 17th century, a juice extracted from acorns was administered to habitual drunkards to cure them of their condition or else to give them the strength to resist another bout of drinking. 
Citation needed. <laughs> Good. Uh, acorns have frequently been used as coffee substitute, particularly when coffee was unavailable or rationed. The Confederates in the American Civil War and Germans during World War II, uh, which were cut off from coffee supplies by Union and Allied blockades respectively, are particularly notable past instances of this use of acorns. It's whatever mm. you can just pretend to have as coffee to survive. <laughs> so in culture, it says, a motif in Roman architecture, also popular in Celtic and Scandinavian art, the acorn symbol is used as an ornament on cutlery, furniture, and jewelry. It also appears appears on finials at Westminster Abbey. I don't know what a finial is. Isn't it a... Um, it's like the little, like uh, like a minaret thing like on a like on the top of a tower okay so it's not it's not like a quilt no no it's like it's the thing that a cross is usually on at the top of a at the top of a church i think Mm -hmm. acorns were also are also used as used as charges in heraldry it's a charge in heraldry uh i'm trying to find something quilt like yeah that that one i got nothing on Hmm. All right. Biological seed dispersal though. is not going to get me toward quilt, <laughs> unless unless it gets me to quilted northern. That no, could work. Not like that. Not like that. <laughs> not like that, Tim. Don't do it like that. We're a better podcast than that. You know, no, what, we're you know what heraldry is, right? Uh, it's um the coat of arms. Yeah. Is that what we're talking yeah. about? You can okay. see one here. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. It talks about the coat of arms. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to heraldry. The coat of arms? Yes. Um, All right. We haven't been to the coat of arms page since early days in the podcast. I remember we've done it once. Oh, really? But that's, yeah, one time. Wow. Uh, because I remember us trying to look up what our like family things would be, and it, it just oh. got weird. Um. Okay, so folklore. Yeah. Uh, folklore is the expressive body of culture shared by a particular group of people. It encompasses the traditions common to that culture, subculture, or group. These these include oral traditions such as tales, proverbs, and jokes. So you guys can't get mad at me for making puns because it's part of my folklore. It's oh. the, the culture shared by my people. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> How insensitive um, of us. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Sky. Please check your privilege and allow me to make puns. Um so here's this this page is very silly, but uh to fully understand folklore, it says in the overview, it is helpful to clarify its component Damn. parts. Do you want to guess what the component parts are? Sorry, I'm really depressed because I was like, I really hope that like meme isn't on here. But it is. <laughs> it is, of course it is. What what are the components of of folklore? Fol- yeah, what are the the what are the component parts of of folklore? Uh, whimsy. No. Um. <laughs> no. Mark Twain. Yeah, actually, no. <laughs> the the component parts are folk and lore. <laughs> oh my God! It does say that. Oh. Yeah, I'm not lying. That's what it says right on this page. It's, uh, it's the that are the two parts. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. I mean, 
So, okay, I just want to go into this very briefly. The second half of the compound word lore proves easier to define as its meaning has stayed relatively stable over the last two centuries. Coming from the Old English lar instruction and the with Dutch and German cognates, is the knowledge and traditions of a particular group frequently passed along by word of mouth. That's easy enough, right? But the concept of folk proves somewhat more elusive, says Wikipedia. When Toms, uh, a an Englishman who wrote about this apparently, first created this term, I guess, folk applied only to rural, frequently poor and illiterate re- peasants. A more modern definition is a social group by which, that includes two or more persons with common traits who express their shared identity through distinctive traditions. So, All right. So any two people can just be folk now. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I mean, that's true, though. I mean, each group has its own. I mean, basically, an in-joke is folklore, if you think about it. Like, if you have a group of people that you share a joke with, you basically have folklore. You just got to have folks. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Everyone has folksy charm, if you think about it. Um, I have folksy something. (laughs) Not sure it's always charm. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's enough. Um, so they talk about, uh, like folklore artifacts as different parts of, um, of what can be used for, uh, like to determine what folklore is like, uh, a folklore artifact is either like a physical object that reminds people of a tradition or they, or it's, uh, like a performance of that tradition or it's something along those lines, um, they talk about here, uh, lacking context, the folklore artifacts in the Smithsonian Folk, Li- Folk Life Archive uh, contains as much life as the stuffed elephant down the street in the Natural History Museum. It is only a performance that they come alive as an active and meaningful component of a social group, much like a stuffed elephant. When, they, when you perform with it, it comes to life. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, but it's basically, uh, they're saying that unless you're passing these things along, it's not as much folklore as it is just uh, quirky tales and objects, it says. So, like, a necessary part of folklore, at least according to this uh, understanding, is that you have someone to tell it to. So, if you want to be a super annoying person who shares all of your, all of your, uh, you know, things from your, all of your in-jokes, yeah. then you're a folklorist, <laughs> technically. Well, yeah. I do want to say... I. Look, Sky, I came real close. Material culture requires some needing to turn it into a performance. Should we consider the performance of the production as in a quilting party? Dang. Or or the performance of the recipients who use the quilt what? to cover their marriage bed. What? Here the language of the context. Oh, I hear the language of the context works better to describe the quilting of patterns copied from the grandmother. Quilting as a social event during the winter months, or the gifting of a quilt to signify the importance of the event. Well, none, none of these are linked. <laughs> but there, is, I mean, there is a link to quilting. Oh, I actually missed the the, the one time. <laughs> Dang it, was it Sky! Sorry. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of hooders? <laughs> heard of what? Or hooding? Oh, hooders! I thought you said something else. <laughs> I know, Me I know. too. <laughs> yes, guy, I have. Have you? Oh, it's in a list. That's why I didn't look at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like ten. It's not like it's like a bottom list though. It's just a list here. Yeah. 
Agreed. Pudding looks real cool. Does it? This reminds me of um of the festive uh skeleton horse. Yes, yes, the skeleton horse. This is what we're looking at is a picture of presumably <laughs> a boy um who is under under a, a like a made like a costume of a horse and he mm-hmm. just draped like like um, a blanket over himself and he has a head and a tail. Yeah. And there's a man next to him that's dressed like kind of like a clown with a top hat and an accordion. And a horn at his waist yeah, like he's just waist. It's very good. His yeah. shirt is like checked. In, which it would be a weird thing to have. Like, that would be tough to make a shirt out of that. Yeah. Like, that would be... You couldn't do that by accident. You have to do that on purpose. It's got, like, weird individual square... It's, it looks quilted, as a matter of fact. What um, do you guys think of when you think of folklore? I think of Mark Twain. I mean, yeah, I, I think of... Well... I, I I yeah I think of like things like tall tales quote unquote like John Henry etc. Yeah, Johnny Appleseed. I think a Rumpelstiltskin. Paul Bunyan. Ooh, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good choice. Um, I do want to point out they 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 explain what jokes are in this. By the way, oh wonderful. They talk about how um. Uh, in a ver- in verbal lore, the performer will start and end with recognized linguistic formulas. An easy example is seen in the common introduction to a joke. Have you heard the one, or joke of the day, or an elephant walks into a bar? Each of these signals to the listener that the following is a joke, not to be taken literally. The joke is completed with the punchline of the joke. That's That's how a joke works, according to the folklore page. That's... Yes. That's how you joke. That's how you do it. Mm. Uh, I could talk about Tol- Tolkien's... It's not Tolkien. Tolkien's no, it's a different conservative Tolkien. dynamic yeah. continuum, but I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about in the electronic age. Good. It's too Thank soon you. to identify how the advent of electronic communications will modify and change the performance and transmission of folklore at- artifacts just by looking at the development of one type of verbal lore, electronic joking. Yes. It is clear that the internet is modifying the folkloric process, not killing it. Jokes and joking are as plentiful as ever in both traditional face-to-face interactions and through electronic transmission. New communication modes are also transforming traditional stories into many different configurations. The fairy tale Snow White is now offered in multiple media forms for both children and adults, including a television show, a video game, and a programming language. What? A more generalized analysis of folklore <laughs> in the electronic age will have to wait till f- for further studies to be published in the field. Get on it, everyone. Elect- yeah, tell us, let us, tell us how electronic joking works, please. The internet, we don't kill things, we just make them worse. <laughs> Basically. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so what they're saying is the fairy tale Snow White oh my God. is offered as a television show, sure. A video game, I guess, I have not seen that one, but sure. And a programming language, like someone's out there C plus plusing with seven dwarves. Hmm. I don't know. Is there yeah, Snow White programming I'm language? Not familiar with that at all. Snow White design language. Oh my gosh, there is. Okay, well there we go. I don't know why it's called that. <laughs> this page isn't telling me. Uh, are you going to click on electronic choking? Am am I? Yeah. I mean, n- no, I was actually going to try something else because, I, I mean, I feel bad using quilting. 
Oh, you should use Quill Why? Pen. Why do you feel bad using the thing that you can... You found this. I will tell you, this is not how I found quilting, so... Because <laughs> it means that our episode's only like 20 minutes long. Sometimes we need that, though. Sometimes... That's th- fair. Sometimes you just, just gotta let it go. <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you about electronic joking. Um, a verbal joke or cartoon is emailed to a friend or posted on a bulletin board. Reactions okay. include a replied email with a smiley face or LOL or a forward on to further recipients. Interaction is limited to the computer screen and for the most part, solitary. Ooh. While preserving the text of the joke, both context and variants are lost in internet joking. For the most part, oh email jokes are passed along verbatim. The framing of the joke frequently occurs in the subject line, <laughs> uh, quote, re, laugh of the day, unquote, <laughs> or something similar. The forward of an email joke can increase the number of recipients exponentially. I, I mean, there. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. They're saying that you can't like you don't you, you don't change it. Yeah, yeah. So it's copy pasted. You don't put your own spin on it. Which part of it is sort of like uh, it's like a game of telephone in reverse, where it can change the meaning because you don't change it for yourself, uh, because you know you're using what someone else said, but it might not be what you would have said. Like the the context would be different. That's weird. Like, can you imagine, like, hearing a joke and then trying to tell the joke to someone else in exactly the same way? Like, right. same tone of you voice, can't. same speed, exactly the same. And, oh, that's so strange. I never thought about that before. Yeah. But also, it's so upsetting that it's generally, like, solitary like i never thought about it like that like yes you joke alone on the internet i guess <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but i mean it's saying that like you send it to people yeah of course but yeah do they is there a read on there on whether or not people actually lol or if they just type it or like the number the percentage of people who say they're laughing out loud but in fact are not even smiling uh I mean, I, not on this page, but I could go to smi- wiki slash smiley or wiki slash lol. <laughs> Wait, there's a page for L. Of course there is. Of course there is. Yeah. Why, you why guys, that? yeah, why of course there is. That? Yeah. Uh, um, it just has yeah. a picture. It has a cat and it ha- says lol what? And then <laughs> the caption is an lol cat using lol. <laughs> using lol as though it is its own language yes oh man oh they even have on this folklore page it gets even weirder because yeah they're talking about customary culture and okay so the patterns of it includes the patterns of expected behavior within a group as in quote the traditional traditional expected way of doing things unquote a custom can be a single gesture, such as a thumbs down or a handshake. It can also it be a be complex both. interaction. Yeah, well, both, yeah. Of a multiple folk customs and artifacts as seen as a child's birthday party, including verbal lore, such as the happy birthday song, material lore, special games, and individual customs. Think of what it would be like. Those are individual customs within our within our own culture. What if someone did, like, I mean, I know that they're dozens of movies in which this is the main joke of the movie but like how weird would it be if you don't understand these customs and everyone just starts singing about you know happy birthday 
like why that would be strange or some yeah again like the the very classic in a in a modern like time travel movie or things like that where someone tries to do a handshake and no one understands they're like i don't you stick your hand out and the other person just like spits in their hand or something like that <laughs> like they don't understand what a handshake is cuz that's a modern custom or something yeah oh good a lol cat using lol yeah that would be weird it's also like feel- going to be weird like in like 200 years when they're like yeah, some sources handshakes. say that like happy birthday has been around for centuries, but we don't see it in their like modern we don't see it in any of like their television shows or anything until like two thousand what seventeen. <laughs> yeah. So I don't we don't understand. So I want I want to tell you, speaking of shaking hands and thumbs down gestures and things okay. like that, I want to tell you about a uh a happening that is now part of my gaming group's folklore. Okay. So uh, we were celebrating a particularly good move or something that I cannot even remember. Mm-hmm. And one of us went to fist bump. And the other one of us went to give out a thumbs up. Oh. And what happened is that the thumb kind of went up beneath the fist. <laughs> Giving it like a little home. The thumb had a little home. And uh, that's what we do now. <laughs> Don't ever do this outside of the U.S. Ever. Yeah, it's, it's... Don't do it in the U.S. It can be very... Yeah, I mean, I'm... Don't do it. It does not... Um, it does not elicit good feelings even when you do it. Yeah. On purpose. That's... Is that so? But it is now, it's now just a part of things. Uh. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> for in order for uh. this to work. No, I know. No. I'm, I'm with this guy. I shouldn't say man. The person who wanted to. <laughs> the person who wanted to give the thumbs up. Tim, are either of these yes. people you? Or... <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. In the original situation. Yes. Are you the thumb man? Or I was you... the thumb. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Giving a thumbs up is a personal, is a yeah, personal yeah. gesture. Like, yes. You don't, you don't do that with somebody else. You don't like throw the thumb at someone, right? So like, how did am you... I doing? I mean, am I, I doing thumbs up? I wrong? didn't. Inte- is that... <laughs> I didn't realize the person on the other side was going to do something too. I was just holding out the thumbs up. Gotcha. Oh, oh, and they reached out to try to do a fist bump at the same time, and and there was a collision. Work. I see. Yes. And so you accidentally did a very obscene thing. It's not that obscene, is it? (laughs) I mean, I can tell you in sign language, it's not great. Oh no! Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) That's just a sign. Tim, yes. I mean, yes. It's a sign. I mean, I you don't. I don't need to tell you. Why does everything I do end up being wrong? <laughs> I mean, in your defense, like this is not. It wasn't on purpose. Like you're not right. <laughs> right. Also, it's 
still kind of hilarious. No, that's very good. Oh, that's good. Okay. Thank you for sharing that to me. <laughs> I appreciate your wonderful folklore. Thanks. Um, um, yep. Were you were you clicking on quilting? Yeah, I guess I'm clicking on quilting. Okay. So I am oh. I'm in heraldry, and this is a large uh, article. Mm-hmm. So it is the broad term encompassing the design, display, and study of armorial bearings, known as armory, as well as related disciplines such as vexillology, ah, together with the study of ceremony, rank, and pedigree. So it's all about you know your coats of arms, your noting your your rank and your awesomeness. Yeah, makes your sense. Family. Yeah. Being proud of you, we're mm-hmm. uh, The mm-hmm. beauty and pageantry of heraldic, heraldic, I guess, heraldic, sure. heraldoic designs allowed them to survive the gradual abandonment of armor on the battlefield during the 17th century. Heraldry has been described poetically as the handmaid of history, the shorthand of history, and the floral border in the garden of history, as long as it what? ends with of history. <laughs> what is it? Wow. None of those make any sense. Mm. Yep. Uh, so I had mentioned I didn't know what a charge was, right? Yes. A charge in heraldry. So a charge is any object or figure placed on a heraldic shield or on any other object of an armorial composition. Ooh. Uh, any object found in nature or technology, <laughs> like a cell phone, <laughs> may appear in a, as a heraldic charge in armory. So just anything. Yeah, it's just exactly. Anything. It's just anything. Charges can be animals, objects, or geometric shapes. Persons, places, or things. Apart from the ordinaries, the most frequent charges are the cross, with its hundreds of variations, and the lion and eagle. Yeah, 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 okay. Other common animals are stags, wild boars, (laughs) martlets, and fish. I'm sorry, what? Martlet? Is that just a small martin? Uh, nope, it's a bird. I, nope, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's a small martin. It's a very small martin. I mean, a martin is also a bird. Oh, I guess you're right. Okay, so even so, it's still just a very small one of those then. Dragons, bats, unicorns, griffins, and more exotic monsters appear as charges and as supporters. <laughs> they cheer you Ooh. on the side. <laughs> Woo! Is go, that dragon go, is that go. dragon here to fight? No, he's just here to cheer me no. on. Go, Larry. <laughs> go. go. <laughs> Animals are found in various stereotyped positions or attitudes. What? <laughs> Quadrupeds can often be found rampant. Which is standing on the left hind Whoa. foot. <laughs> oh, okay. So you know, like if you're like you know how the lion's like reared back, yeah, like you're about to claw you, and mm-hmm. it's rampant. Another oh, frequent. Oh wait, that's a yeah, like that's an actual thing. Yeah, that's a term. Oh my gosh! Another frequent position is passant or walking, like the lions of the coat of arms of England. Eagles are almost always shown with their wings spread or displayed. A pair of wings conjoined is called a vole. V o l. Oh, okay. In English heraldry, the crescent, mullet, <laughs> mullet, martlet, annulet, <laughs> fleur de lis, and rose may be added to a shield to distinguish cadet branches of a family from the senior line. These cadency marks are usually shown smaller than normal charges, but it still does not follow that a shield containing such a charge belongs to a cadet branch. What? All of these charges occur frequently in basic, undifferenced coat of arms. Um, see here. Uh, marshalling, to marshal two or more coats of arms is to combine them in one shield to express inheritance, claims to property, or the occupation of an office. There's an example here of 
719 coats of arms being marshaled together. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. It's uh, That's amazing. I mean, it's it kind of looks just like one of those um just kind of like composites of like Oh yeah. There's a picture in here somewhere. Yeah. Or it's like a magic like, eye. Two deer looking away from each other. Mm-hmm. Oh weird. Uh, let's see here. That's very strange. Uh, yep, and there's just all oh, goes in the history of different places and how they uh, use their heraldry. It's all kind of the same. Or well, no, Tomgus, a Tomgar, Tomga stamp seal is Mongolian. Is an abstract seal or stamp used by Eurasian nomadic peoples and by cultures influenced by them. Uh, normally, the emblem of a particular tribe, clan, or family. Common among the Eurasian nomads throughout classical antiquity in the Middle Ages. Uh, unlike European coats of arms, Tongas were not always inherited and could stand for families or clans, as well as for specific individuals. Cool. One, oh, such as when used for weapons or for royal seals. So if you just oh, had a sword, you can just put your own thing on here. Like, this is mine. <laughs> this is me now. Yeah, this is me. Um, that dragon over there, he's che- he wants to cheer me on for this. Yeah. Um, yeah, that wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. I'm sorry. It's, it's good. I'm sorry. It's good, Tim. It yep. was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I am going... I don't know what I'm going to click on because Kyle's kicked on quilting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, just I'm take sorry. whatever you want. No, nope, that works. I've... It's a it's a good pull. Um <laughs> You got there legitimately. Yep. And like didn't last time I Oh no, he he had another unexpected pull last time. He's on yeah. fire. Oh man. I am. Yeah. That, that was, I'm gonna go to Vexillology, I mean, the study of flight I mean, design. In fairness, it took me it took me like eight clicks in the last episode to, before I got my really good pull. That's true. To no, get to maybe, frying pan. Sometimes you gotta you gotta spin that gotcha. Maybe quilt won't be on the quilting page. It's on here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, it's in the first line because quilting is the process of sewing two or more layers of fabric together to make a thicker padded material, usually to create a quilt or quilted garment. I want to know what the thing is that you can make by quilting that is not a quilt. Um, like what else can you do with it when you say like if you're doing another thing if you're making another thing are you not aren't you not quilting at that point like well you're doing I mean, something do, else they do say a quilted garment uh i don't know like if you're if you're sewing together a sleeping bag are you sleeping are you sleep bagging that doesn't sound good <laughs> no, no please don't please don't sleep bag. <laughs> sleep bagging is dangerous and you should not do it no. At least not without protection. Um <clears throat> uh quilting is done uh with the with three layers typically, the top fabric or quilt top, batting or insulating material and and backing material, but many different styles are adopted. I want to point out on this page that the earliest known quilts not are not mentioned for for uh from greek and rome to my yeah to my astonishment yes uh actually this is pretty cool though um 
The origins of quilting remain unknown, but sewing uh, techniques of, pie of piecing, applique, and quilting have been used for clothing and, and furnishings uh, in diverse parts of the world for several millennia. The earliest known quilted garment is depicted on the carved ivory figure of a pharaoh dating from the ancient Egypt first Egyptian first dynasty. Uh, they they placed that at about 3400 BC. Um, so they had figured that out even then, and 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 to a point that it was accepted and well well known enough that it could be seen on a pharaoh's statue, like it quilts were had been around and used, uh, and were accepted as like an art form by that point at least. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> in 1924, archaeologists discovered a quilted floor covering in Mongolia. They estimate its date as between 100 BC to 200 AD. That's astonishing. Mm. Like it lasted that long. Um, and of course, then they go back to the to Europe. Uh, it has been part of needlework tradition from about the fifth century. Blah blah blah. Um, it's interesting that uh, I mean, yeah, we've got a bunch of different types of quilting. Yeah. Um, there are. I. It is interesting that the very first thing here that they list beyond you know this global early quilting is American quilts. Um, which interesting that American quilts get top billing otherwise. Yeah. Cause it's not even, it's not even alphabetical order because immediately beneath that is African American quilts. Um, um, actually, I mean, it might be what it, it might be in order. Cause like American quilts is a subheader and African American oh, quilts and then Amish. Oh, I see. Oh, no. So these then we are have Native all... American quilts, and then we have Hawaiian quilting. So no, it's still not yeah. alphabetical. Okay, nope, they still didn't. Yeah, whatever. Um, I don't want to go into because they have quilting and fashion and design in here, and that's just great. <laughs> but I would like to I would like to share with you um, <clears throat> all of they have a bunch of different styles of quilting and um. They interesting a like a one way that they discuss uh like I guess Chinese quilting as its own heading entirely. Um <clears throat> but I want I want to share with you a couple uh artists that they mention on this page who use quilting in their art. Um uh, and I mean of course they're both dudes, but uh at least they're interesting. Uh this one here is Ian Barry, a guy uh who makes quilts made of denim. And uses those quilts to make uh, very intricate works of art. Whoa. If I, I just linked you guys over here. These are all quilts. These images. What? what? These are quilts. No. Made of, made of denim. That's just a blue, so, that's a blue painting, Kyle. That's not a quilt. No. No, it's a quilt. It's so blue. Uh, in fact, there's images. Okay, so there's, I mean, there's a close-up here of, like, a person, a woman, like, it looks like sitting in a bath. And... On closer, like real close up, you can see the edges of the denim and the actual, uh, like the line of the fabric. Yeah. Um, but it, you have to be right up to it to even see it. And pulled back, it really does look like a painting. Yeah, it's there one are of the laundromat some... wild. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there are a couple, uh, one down toward the bottom, uh, or I guess about a third down the page is called House Beautiful in which they show in the full scene it is a a woman sitting on a chair or on the edge of a bed looking out a window in a very Andrew Wyeth 
you know, position and it looks very forlorn and, the, but the house is just immaculate. And then they do like closer up, uh, a closer up detail and you can start to see the seams and then they do even closer detail and like wow. even the edges of the books are individual uh, like little slices of uh, of of denim. Yeah, um, it is <laughs> astonishing. He says he has to buy a new pair of scissors every month. That sounds yeah. right. And I like um, the the interviewer asks, "Can you recommend three or four books for textile artists?" And then in parentheses, he quickly looks at his extensive book collection. <laughs> and then he, he comes up with three for them, which is nice. Yeah, that is nice. He seems like an okay guy. Yeah, yeah, he really does. Um, so there's okay. So that's come one to Art thing Prize and make a giant Jesus and win uh, it. Oh my gosh! Okay, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus shorts. So that's real shorts. cool. But then also, <laughs> oh no, there's there's no don't do that. <laughs> don't do that, Scott. There's also Fraser Smith here who makes quilts out of wood. Oh, he he carves wood in the shape of quilts and then paints it. Great. So that all those quilts that are on there, that that like intricate quilt is just, just a wood. piece of carved wood. That's wild. That has, and it, he, I mean, he adds like the like the dimpling of the of the fabric and the stitching lines, and it's upsetting. Yeah, I'm like mad. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah i'm a little bit upset and i don't know why <laughs> i feel tricked yeah um but both of those artists are very interesting and you should probably look at those um anyway uh there are a bunch of interesting types of quilts mentioned here but none of them are just quilt which is at the top of the page and it, which is the thing that i'm qu clicking on i almost said quicking because I've said quilt so many times. <laughs> it's just gotten loaded in my brain. I'm clicking on quilt. All right. Vex yeah. Vexilology is the yeah. study of the history, symbolism, and usage of flags. Or by extension, any interest in flags in general. Whoa. Well, geez. just any at all? And you would ask yourself. Do Self. people who like to study flags have their own flag? And the answer is yes. Um, yeah, of course they do. They do. <laughs> and it's Can a weird it, looking please? flag. Vexilo files. They got no. their own flag. Yeah. It says right here. And it just, one who it's is like a hobbyist a, or general admirer. Kind of like this not looking flag. thing. A general admirer of flags? Yeah, apparently it's a sheet bed. Yeah, I'm not. Oh. It's. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, see what that is. A sheet bend yeah. uh, sheet is bend. also known as a Beckett bend, Weaver's knot, and Weaver's hitch. Is is, is a bend. This this is the knot you yeah. use to tie a flag, isn't it? I oh, is it probably to like secure a flag on a pole? I'll bet this is the knot you use. Yeah, it doesn't say, but it's very likely. Mm -hmm. What's it called again? The, the sheet, bend. sheet bend. Okay. Um, it does not even say what it's used for in here. <laughs> well, not great. Oh wait, <laughs> um, used by Neolithic peoples for tying the meshes of fishing nets. Okay. Um, weavers are taught to use this particular knot when correcting broken threads in the warp. In the warp, like in space. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. 
Uh, uh, the term sheet bend derives from its use bending ropes to sails. Yeah, it's Jeez. for sails. I mean, I guess I guess a sail be... is like a really big flag. Yeah, it's like you the biggest probably... flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all a sail is. Yeah, it's just yeah. a really big flag. Uh, I would like to share with you an image I just found in the steps to sh- to tying a weaver's knot, in which case, in which someone takes the tiniest weaver's knot. Just the re- just the smallest possible weaver knot. Oh yes, with their, their little fingertips in night and vision for air. some reason. He's doing this in the dark, <laughs> just showing off. <laughs> just I mean, just for the listeners, this knot is like smaller than this person's thumbnail, which we can see because it's a close up of their thumbs. <laughs> but the knot itself is very small. It's very cute. Um, I like that this came up by like one guy. <laughs> the study of flags or vexillology was formed by the U.S. scholar and student of flags, Whitney Smith, in 1961. I'm a student of flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> with the publication of the Flag Bulletin during his oh, lifetime, no. Smith organized various flag organizations and meetings, including the first International Congress of Vexillology, or no. ICV. The North American Vexillological Association and the International Federation of Vexillological Associations. Wow. Sky, Sky, you know what this is. Yeah. What? This is a this is a liberal arts major who did an independent study and and just decided to to like double down when they were like, that this isn't a thing, Bill. Wait. You can't do this. No, and then you know what Bill does? Or Bill what being does Bill Whitney do? Smith. Smith, Whitney, what, what? Who, is, who is acknowledged uh, as conceiving the term vexillology in 1947 wrote, quote, while the use of flags goes back to the earliest days of human civilization, the study of that usage in a serious fashion is so recent that the term for it did not appear in print until 1959, unquote. Oh, That's because you made it up, Smith. You made, well, here. You made the word. Here. Wait. I'm, I'm actually on the, on the page of flaginstitute.org. No. The the UK's <laughs> national thing. flag charity. No. Yep. A charity? Yep, that's what Why it does says. it need a charity? I don't know. Flags are not there's a lot of them. Funded they entirely don't need the by help. member subscriptions and with membership open to all, the Flag Institute is a unique source of freely available independent advice on flags and flag use. Advice on flags. We are the oh no, no this one, gets better. We are the largest membership based flag organization in the world with members on all six continents. <laughs> I mean, join us seven, and help five. shape the UK's national flag debate. But oh, under their page on about vexillology, vexillology as a word is derived from the Latin vexillum, a term used by the Romans to refer to a kind yeah. of standard with a fabric hung from a horizontal crossbar on a pole. It is the nearest equivalent in the classical languages to what we call a flag today. Below that, it says, uh, Why not become a vexillologist? You can explore the world of flag facts and ideas, either on your own or as a member of a group. Uh, excuse me, vexillologist. Antarctica has a flag. All maybe, seven continents maybe, have flags. Maybe they're referring to Australia. Oh, how dare they? <laughs> they're like, we did not make that a continent. Sorry. <laughs> uh, hold on. Okay, hang on. The flag was actually shown on the Antarctic continent for the first time in 2002 when Ted Kay, then the editor of Raven, the Raven, Raven, the scholarly journal of the North American Vexillological Association. Okay, I have questions, but one, 
Raven, why is it called what? Like, what's the what's the what's the connection between flags and ravens? Why? And then two, why do you have a scholarly journal of flags? And then three, why did it take until two thousand two to get Antarctica a flag? Hey. Well, I mean, there's got to be a lot of paperwork there because, like, all the countries are like, hey, we own this. We own this part. Yeah. We own this. That's weird. <laughs> you got to have oh, something that everyone agrees on. Oh, hang on a second. Flag for oh, everyone. there's a diff. There's two designs. One of them is just the ant- is the, the overall shape of Antarctica on a blue field, right? And then they have the Whitney Smith design. What? Whitney Smith, yeah, has his own design for the Antarctic flag. <laughs> if you scroll down the page, it's this. It's a letter A on a plate on an orange background what? held by hands. Why is it? It's bad. Whitney. <laughs> so it contrasts the best against snow, it says, because it's the international rescue color by which you by which Whitney is saying if you went here it's by mistake and you need help. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me hold uh, this A up so everyone knows <laughs> that you need help. It contrasts the best against snow to avoid any confusion and is is unlike almost any national flag on earth it says. Uh A stands for Antarctica, very good. The bottom segment of the globe represents Antarctica's position on the earth. Um and then the two hands hold it up, holding it up. Uh Represent peaceful human use. I mean, the penguins down there probably don't think it's great, but sure. I'm on Whitney Smith's Wikipedia page. Whitney Smith okay. Jr. was a professional vexillologist and scholar of flag. He uh, he made he made it up. He made the thing. He made <laughs> so mad. I'm Sky. I'm telling you, this is an independent this study is, that this went is how wrong. Cults do this. Is how- <laughs> Why not become a vexillologist, guy? I I don't. I want to become a bad bad malologist. I study the marketing of batteries, like these Energizer batteries. Oh, that'd be great! Oh yeah, there's problem. That's problem. I mean, you got the Energizer bunny. You got that creepy family that ran on batteries. Yeah, there's a lot you could go into on that. Duracell doesn't have a doesn't have a mascot but energizer does and like let's look at the like that's got to cause a lot of differences in their marketing strategies and we should look at them how would you sell batteries in antarctica uh i make them small oh so I don't, I don't know my mind went like yeah what? and then i'm like no i don't want to go in that direction good try <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I I'm not convinced that this guy isn't I it's just oh my gosh I just feel upset oh my god there's a picture of him when he's young and it's very good <laughs> I, we've, this has been a very image heavy podcast but oh my gosh he's just like he does this flag I like flags I like flags you guys oh my goodness mm-hmm. anyway yep, I'm not clicking on anything because Kyle won <sighs> Oh, uh, mm-hmm. oh yeah! I clicked on I clicked on quilts. By the way, a vexillologist is one of those dumb uh, one of those words that I've kept in the back of my brain. Uh, and in terms of like uh, as as like a good job brain used to say like in the punch bowl. Yeah, because that's one of those words that people bring up in trivia to be like, "What's a vexillologist?" 
And Tim, you could be asking that question next week. Yeah. And, and most everyone would be like, uh, and I mean, then you don't though. Yeah. I guess you don't, don't make up the questions. Or do you um, make up the questions? Um, Tim, where do I make up the questions? Or, or do you make the, you don't make the questions. You just host, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just okay. host. I'm like, I was confused for a second. I'm like, yeah, I wish I kind of did yeah. make the questions. Cause I like make questions. Yeah. Well, sure. But I mean, then you could do a whole bit on Whitney Smith. Uh, but yeah, it's this and, oh, what's, now I can't, now, ironically, I can't remember the word for it. Stamp collecting is the other one that I try to, that, oh, yeah. that people ask about, like that, that word. Yep. Hey, listeners, if you, if you remember what it's called, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, you know it when you hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, oh, man. Oh, and, uh, uh, and coin collecting. That's another one that pops up on, on trivia a lot. Oh, yeah, I bet. Um, I think that one's numis- numismology or something like that. Something like that. Anyway, quilting. It's a quilt is a multi-layered textile traditionally composed of three layers: woven cloth top, a layer of batting, and a woven back. Mm. Sky, are you sharing the? Uh, yeah, the picture. The I, I like it a lot. This is a good picture. It's a good picture. It's it's I'm Mrs. Very... Bill Stag. Oh, it dang! State, it was state quilt. Pie Town, New Mexico. <laughs> Pie Town. She looks very stern. Oh my gosh. Um, she should be. Ex- she should be ecstatic. That's a beautiful quilt. It is, and it. Do you? Can you? You can zoom in, and you oh, can no. tell that it's. It's the birds of of each state. No. Not maybe. I guess it'd be each state because it's pretty it can't long. Be all of them. Well. Let's see. One, two, three, four. One, okay, two, okay, three, okay. four, five. So that's like 20, right? If you yeah. notice, it's draping like behind her. So I mean, it, might be, it might be all 50. Yeah, it does end with Wyoming at yeah. the bottom right. So yeah, maybe, maybe, possibly. Yeah, and it's only got, um, yeah, about halfway through where she's holding it right next to her face where she looks very upset is is minnesota yeah so i mean yeah maybe you're right maybe it is all 50 states well done it's possible uh, good job yeah, bill well done bill stag miss miss mrs bill. bill stag mrs bill mrs. she doesn't even get her she doesn't get her own name here that's so sad yeah i don't know in a in a country where trees can have their own land rights and ownership <laughs> this poor woman Why still can it? get proper Proper name, proper well, billing. That's what I'm looking after, for. After after this yeah. weekend, uh, yeah. I'm gonna look up Bill Stag here, this Mrs. Bill okay. Stag. See what I can find. Mrs. Bill ahead. Stag. Yeah. Find out if she's a very well-known quilter. Uh, um, Mama Mia is the first thing that came up. So I don't know about this. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I I mean, I wasn't really looking farther down this page because it's just it's quilting. I'm, I mean, it's pretty cool. I, 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 I'm always impressed by quilts, but like, it just seems like a very time intensive process. Like I, I, Steven does a lot of weaving. Like that's always, that's like, he works with textiles. Yeah. And I keep, and I always say like, this is one of those things that 
it it hurts to like think about the work that goes into it because I I I I just have no way to really consider how much work goes into a project like this. You can just see, you know, I can just see at the end what it what it ends up looking like. But um and like and when it comes when you come away from it it's like oh that's interesting uh but it's hard to understand like all the work that went into making this this textile happen um i could i could tell you about a uh a quilt that i saw this weekend though at our our, our local um art fair oh please do um so there's this and and we need to uh i need to find the name of this artist because i feel badly that i can't share it here but an artist that we uh that that Stephen knows um did a quilt uh that was a um i mean enormous like probably four feet tall four and a half feet tall quilt probably by about that about that wide maybe a little smaller than that or a little thinner than that and it was a a weaving essential i guess it's not a quilt it's a weaving i i, I guess really but it's a very large picture of a kitten, okay? Just very, very large picture of a kitten, photorealistic. But it has uh it has the image of the kitten is color shifted a little bit to the right red and a little bit to the left blue. And if you wear 3D glasses, <laughs> it makes a 3D cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In front of you. It's like a magic eye thing. And it's hilarious. It's it's just, oh, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite things. It's very good. So, yeah, it even though it's even though it's a flat weaving, it can be a 3D image. Huh. Yeah, I know. That's kind of blowing my mind. I'm sorry, that. Sky. <laughs> this is the second episode that I've done that to you. Oh, uh, it's not like rewriting my entire thinking of something. But. Not like the egg and the not like the egg and the <laughs> no, I still don't understand that. <laughs> I recently listened to that episode again, and I'm I'm still sorry about that, Sky. I I shattered you. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Why did I ever do that? Why didn't I just mm. make toast, make the egg, <laughs> put the egg on the toast? Mm-hmm. Is it for the novel? Like, was it fun? It wasn't easier. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't want you to go back down this hole. Uh, do you know what a quilting uh, bee is? <laughs> yeah, it's a bee that uses that quilt to with its stinger. No. I mean, they're very rare, though. Oh, yeah, because they're dying. Oh no! Oh, that <laughs> you you made it even worse. I was making a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, quilting was often a communal activity involving all the women and girls in a family or a larger community. There are also many historical oh. examples of men participating in these quilting traditions. The tops Neat. were prepared in advance, and a quilting bee was arranged, during which the actual quilting was completed by multiple people. Quilting frames were often used to stretch the quilt layers and maintain even tension to produce high-quality quilting stitches and to allow many individual quilters to work on a single quilt at one time. Quilting bees were important social events in many communities and were typically mm-hmm. held between periods of high demand for farm labor. Quilts were frequently made to commemorate major life events, such as marriages. I feel like there's a Laura Ingalls Wilder book about that at some point, right? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would be called. The Quilting Bee? The Quilting I mean, Bee. That, those are, 
I mean, the Little House on the Prairie books are pretty straightforward. It was, in fact, a little house on a prairie. So little little quilts True. on the big B. Yeah. Good, good. That's it. You got it. That's a quillo <laughs> is a quilt with an attached pocket into which the whole blanket can be folded, thus making I'm sorry, a pillow. What? Yes. No. <laughs> Beautiful. No, you take that back right now. Once folded into the pocket, it can be used as a cushion during the day and unfolded into a blanket at night. You stop that right now. <laughs> That's not real. A t-shirt quilt is a quilt made of t-shirts. Stop. Oh, oh yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It there should be a quilt five... that you could wear as a t-shirt. There are five I'm... different types of t-shirt quilts. No. Bullet point number one. Bubble no. style. What? <laughs> yeah. Or variable style t-shirt quilts. All the blocks are different sizes. Oh, oh gosh. The blocks are puzzled together so that there are neither columns nor rows. Traditional block style with sashing. <laughs> block style without sashing. <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa. You're too wild there. Unequal rows or columns. Oh, my gosh. Or crazy quilt. What? Yeah. All the designs on the t-shirts are cut out randomly. Never go full crazy quilt. Mm-hmm. Man. So, um, what kind of yeah. what kind of gun do you need to shoot a t-shirt quilt? <laughs> Is it a quilting gun or a t-shirt gun? <laughs> the, the, the double barrel <laughs> t-shirt quilt cannon. <laughs> but, uh, but how did the quilt get into your pajamas in the first place, Tim? Oh. oh. I have no idea. But no, Um, I can imagine just like a a gun that shot a quilt and just smothering part of an audience. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That would really hurt. It would. Like mandatory nap time. Yep. You're out. Night. (laughs) Congratulations, Kyle. Quilted Kyle. Every preschool preschool should have one. (laughs) Funk <laughs> said it's nap time. <laughs> I'm just visualizing this right now, and it's like because <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> Because you just like see someone just like walking along, and then Thumb. like there's just like a mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just lays them out, <laughs> but a but a like a beautiful quilt just like spreads over them, right? Like <laughs> like they're probably injured and just passed, like just knocked yeah. out. But it looks it looks it looks very cozy. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, uh, I think the man. I think the mandatory nap time got good me. job, Kyle. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks I, for coming I on say... this ride with me, guys. <laughs> <You're> well, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I want to say that this is. I know that this is not the shortest run I've done, and I. I mean, I remember one episode way back when that I did in two clicks. Yeah. I almost did it again. <laughs> I got it three. Yeah. Oh man, I came close, but purely by accident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wikipedia has been in my favor lately. 
Yeah, I, have to I, I went to Athens, and then I clicked on this oh. guy. It was an artist who had a great name. Mm. Uh, let me see. Wadsworth Jarrell. Wow. And then Quilt was on his page. That is a very good name. I went back, I'm like, nothing quilty here. And then just missed <laughs> folklore, which makes, hey, that's a good, but that's a good pull. You, both you know, I, I was just trying to be, I feel like Tim would have gotten there pretty soon. Yes, Maybe. I agree. Mm-hmm. And now, and we can be mad at Whitney Smith for the rest of the week. Right. Yeah. If you want to watch more episodes, if you, if you want to become <laughs> the first WSKBologist. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know we're on we're on all all the podcast apps. Like you, you probably already got us. <laughs> you got us. Uh, we have a website wskbcast.blogspot.com where you can go if you're like, hey, friend or family, listen to this podcast. And they're like, I don't have an app. I'm 57 years old. I don't know what a podcast is. You can it's give very them, specific. You can give them this this website that they can go to and click a button that says play. Which is similar to like the Walkmans that they used in their youth. Good. And <laughs> they'll know what to do with it. They won't know what to do with this show. I'm sorry. Don't don't have don't have them listen to it. We're um, we're just sorry all all around, yeah. really. Um go follow us on Twitter though. Yeah. You guys that have been tweeting at us, it's been fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh friend of the show, Rachel Ross, tweeted at us this horrible this horrible thing that's like that's like a furry a furry lobster or some sort of crustacean that exists good it's a crab it was a crab and it was terrifying because of our furry trout situation oh good it was very uh, disturbing mm. but it was interesting and that's what we try to be here disturbing and interesting i think i think we i think we nail it all right until next time, boys. <laughs> I mean, no. Now we need to give our listeners a challenge to make a quilt t-shirt gun. I want to see this oh in action. Quilt cannon? <laughs> is, no, I think like everyone should get out and find some uh, something in their life to give property rights to. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Let something in your life, you know, like if you have a favorite book, you know, you know what they say, let it, you know, you got to let it go and maybe it'll come back to you. Damn it. Kmart. What? what? These are just, these are just quilts with the brand name Canon. <laughs> <laughs> Sky, I want you to know that I did the exact same thing. <laughs> this is why we make a podcast together. Yeah. Good night, guys. Good night. <laughs> Good Bye. Night. Zip. Zap. Zap. Hell yeah. All right, let's see. And we're done. Seems to be. Hell yeah. And that's it. That's it. We did the whole, that's the whole podcast. Mine's actually a little hot. Way to go, guys. I think think I'm a little hot. A little hot? Ooh. A little hot. Whoa. Turn turn it down. There we go. Dial it back a little bit. Too hot for I have no idea how to tell when I'm hot. It it gets yellow and red. I'm just like the, I'm just like, (laughs) I'm just like the main character in a teenage drama teenage romantic comedy 
You don't know. I don't know when I'm hot. When you're hot, yes. Very good. 